Tiffany, the budget nista, Aliche, is America's favorite personal financial educator, a New York Times bestseller, Get Good With Money, an NAACP Image Award nominee, and the first Black woman to grace the cover of Money Magazine Solo. Tiffany is a trailblazer in the personal finance space. Her monumental Live Richer movement has helped over 1 million women worldwide save, manage, and pay off hundreds of millions of dollars. A former teacher for 10 years with a master's degree in education, Tiffany was instrumental in getting the Budget Nista Law, A1414, passed in January 2019, making financial education mandatory for all middle school students in the state of New Jersey. Tiffany, welcome to the Get Loved Up podcast. Thank you for having me, Koya. I'm excited. I am so excited because I have just been admiring your work for so long. And I just love not just the work that you do, not just how much you inspire and educate, but just your personality (laughs) is absolutely contagious. I mean, do you have any bad days? I do, of course I do. (laughs) <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I swing, you know, meaning like I'm super amped up and geeked. And then there's days where I'm just like, hey, everybody, you know, you know? <laughs> so I feel deeply. I'll just say that, that I feel deeply joy as well as sadness. But then there's also in between sometimes where I'm just lethargic and chilling. But yes, I do have bad days. I know because people ask me that. So I'm like, y'all don't understand. I have some really <laughs> dark days. And so Get Loved Up is all about, you know, education and inspiration around the areas of spirituality, spirituality, wellness, and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of, so we're going to take people through that, your personal journey with spirituality Mm -hmm. or tuning into your inner self, like kind of just like how you connect with that part of your life. So it's, I grew up in church. Um, and then, but I can remember distinctly being like, I must've been like three or four. Now it's crazy that you're bringing up this memory, but I remember, I don't know if this is the first time that my father taught me how to pray, but I remember this is the first time I remember someone teaching me and him telling me that like, it was funny now that I remember it, now I'm bringing back the memory, him explaining, I must've been five, like, you know, who God was and that God could see you everywhere. And I was like, so freaked out by that because I was like, he watches when I go to the bathroom. Like I just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like you know, that he was omnipresent and is always there for you. And I was just like, all I kept thinking was, I don't want him to watch me go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just remember that, like the church that I grew up in was just like a small um, community church. So I just associated um, spirituality with like community and kindness. And there were just, a you know, there were um, families from different races. Um, I don't go to church much now, but still, I still connect with God on a regular basis. And I'm not worried about him watching me go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, but um, the way I connect now is um, through prayer and sometimes even just regular talking. Like I've learned just like, I can be like, oh, like I'll, I'll talk to God as if like, you know, I'm talking to like a, a, a father figure or um, a friend or just like, yo, I'm going through a lot. I don't even know. Or sometimes even out of anger, like you said, this was going to happen. It's not happening. What's going on? You know? And so to me, spirituality is about connectedness. And sometimes I feel 
super connected and sometimes I feel totally disconnected and just out here by myself. So. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's a deep share. And mm-hmm. the reason I like to talk about spiritual, especially with every person, even though we're going to get into the money talk and all that thing is because I feel like there's a lot of transition right now. And mm-hmm. I too grew up as a Southern Baptist, you know, um, girl in the, in the South. And I think a lot of people, because sometimes the way we're taught is different from reality and we're trying to connect the dots. But I love that you said you still have a daily practice and you mm-hmm. still speak um, to your um what you feel is God, what you feel is spirit. And I, I don't like to get caught up on the names because there's so many different names. Mm-hmm. Now that I've traveled the world, there's so many people, mm-hmm. names that people call spirit. But mm-hmm. I love that you say you have that consistent practice. And I want to dive into like that time when you don't feel connected. Like, mm-hmm. what do you feel like brings you back to that connection? So, and it's funny you say different names. So my name, my Nigerian name is Adochi and I'm Nigerian and in Igbo, um, there are many languages in Nigeria, um, Igbo being a main one. Um, in Igbo, Chi is God. So it's Chukwu. So, you know, we have different, so you will see Igbos are very spiritual. Like, you know, Christianity, of course, was brought to Africa. But before that, we had our own traditions and Chukwu and Chi, these were the names that we called I mean, for to make it easy for people to understand God, you know, and but you the you will notice there are um, a lot. If you meet Igbos, you will see so many of them have Chi and Chuku in their name because closeness with the higher power is critically important to um, um, many Africans. Or like if you are um, Yoruba, you'll hear people with Olu. You know, so Olu is is like if you're Yoruba, that is one of their words for God as well. So you will see a lot of people whose names begin or end with Olu. So just sharing that, like um, so many people have their own practices or when it comes to, you know, connecting with God. And when I feel disconnected, um, I remember I read this book uh, called, oh, Conversations with God by Neil. Ah, what's his name? Yes, yes. And I remember I was feeling so disconnected and I didn't know what happened. I just couldn't. I just, you know, I was like, I feel I couldn't, there were different times in my life where I was like, I could feel God, I can hear God, I can, I felt enveloped, you know, and there's times when I'm like, hello, it's like you're calling out into the abyss. And that was one of the times I read that book. And one of the lessons that I took away from that book was for me that um, one, happiness was closest to the source like a sun, like the sun, you know, the closer I get to the source, the warmer I feel. And that too, that it's through service that I reconnect. That when I'm feeling disconnected, it's because I've been watching the Tiffany show for too long. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, and then Tiffany, and then Tiffany, and me, 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 me. And then when I am in that space for so long, you know, then that's the disconnect that in order for one of the ways that I reconnect is to ask, how can I be of service to others? How can I be of help to someone just for the sake of being of help to someone? Not in in exchange for anything, not for any other reason, but to serve. And that helps me, you know, become closer and closer to, to what I feel my source is because it, you know, without that, it, all the, everything else feels empty, you know? You could have all of the resources, all of the success, and it just is like eating the most delicious meal with no taste, you know? And so oh. for me, yeah, that's, that's, I've no, that's one of my, 
you know, it doesn't always work, but it's one of the tools that I use when I'm feeling floating out there. I'm like, all right, let's turn off the Tiffany channel. How can you be of service to others, Tiffany? How can you teach? If it's really bad, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to go live and teach a lesson. Literally, like I need to get out of this selfish space. I'm going to go live and just pour out whatever lessons in my heart. And even though it might be like a tool or resource that somebody might pay for, I don't care. I'm teaching this free lesson because someone needs it. And so, um, yeah, that is one of my, one of my kickstarts. I love that. I love that you said it's like having a tasteless meal. Cause I know you like me love flavor, <laughs> but you're right. You know, to have a lifestyle where you're like, you're doing all the things you're checking mm-hmm. all the boxes, mm-hmm. but you don't have a connection with spirit or you don't have a connection with, you know, service your community. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it lacks flavor. It likes that yes. real flavor mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. holistic happiness. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's, I think it's so important because we can get caught up checking the boxes, especially when we go through a pandemic and especially when we go through hard times, we're like, I'm just trying to survive. And we forget, like you said, like the closer you are to the divine, the closer Mm -hmm. that you are to spirit, whatever name you call spirit, that's the closer you're going to be to happiness, no matter how much you have or don't Mm -hmm. have. Some of those, honestly, some of my quote unquote, brokest times or some of my richest times, like when I think back to some of my happiest times, you know, I'm like, you had nothing. And yet I was so full. Like mm. life is amazing. And I'm like, you don't have no money in your bank account. You don't even have money in your purse, girl. <laughs> but I was connected and close. And that's when I realized like, okay, all this other stuff, it's nice. And don't get me wrong. It's nice to be able to pay bills on time, but mm. um, it is not the thing that's going to fill you, Tiffany, you know, that it's going to be alignment. Are you you know, aligned and on your assignment? And are you connected to why you were created? You know, are you working on that thing? And I know for me, I really truly believe, at least for my life, the purpose of life is to live a life of service. Am I doing that? You know, or am I just paying lip service to it? You know, because it's easy for me to say, well, with the budget Nista as my business, you know, I, it is service, yes, by nature of the business you've built, but we're not talking about business. I'm talking about, are you, Tiffany, being of service, you know, not lazily letting the business do what it does. No, you as Tiffany. And I'm like, wow, no. And if I'm not, and that's how I know I'm disconnected. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that because it is, it's how you view yourself. It's how you feel inside because I truly believe, like you said, the closer you are to the spirit, Mm -hmm. you will be divinely guided Mm -hmm. to the level of service. It's not based on what other people tell you Mm -hmm. to do. Like, you know, and only, you know, how much you should serve where you could you should serve because you feel it you feel mm-hmm. it on the inside i mm-hmm. love that i love that and i love you know you sharing your culture because i like to remind people that they're like if you don't say god or if you don't say jesus but it's like there's so many names for this feeling mm-hmm. of connectedness for this feeling of alignment and so i'm glad you're sharing because i think the more that we share our different perspectives of spirituality and how we connect with the divine the more we'll see it's less about semantics and more about the feeling Mm -hmm. that you have inside so oh so exciting okay so and I like to go there because I feel like that is the core of who we really are and everything else is just icing on the cake it's Mm -hmm. just or like you said it's just like the rest of the meal but if you want the flavor Mm -hmm. flavor to be 
potent and, and fulfilling, you know, spirit is and divine and whatever your name is for that, there has to be a connection there. Yes, so, I believe uh, that. So profound. Now let's go into how you stay well. Cause as you mm-hmm. know, there is a mental health crisis we're having along with the pandemic and things like that. And we're going to get into the entrepreneur and the money stuff, but with you holding all this space to sis, tell us how to get our money back. I know that you are being pulled in multiple different yes. directions with multiple different progress. So can you share with us, how do you keep your mental health? On? I was going to say, how do you keep your sanity? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, there's times when it's really difficult. Honestly, I would say, in the right when the pandemic was started of the first few months, it was, I was crying all the time and I just couldn't, I think so many of us were, we were grieving, but we didn't have the words. You know, it's like when you have a two-year-old, the reason why it's called the terrible twos, I used to be a preschool teacher for over 10 years. And I would have to tell parents like, you know, there oftentimes it's called the terrible twos because around two is when children start to realize that you're communicating, that you are speaking to each other and understanding each other. I don't have the language. So there's a frustration when it's one thing if I'm thinking everyone is talking gibberish, so what? But when I know that, oh, communication's being had and I don't have the tool, then there's the explosion of frustration. There's the crying and the kicking and the, you know, and so that's why you get those terrible twos. And I felt like that's what was happening um, in, the, in the beginning of the pandemic that I didn't have the language. I didn't know what was happening. There was like fear and loss and I didn't know what was going to, uncertainty. And, and so instead, I, because I didn't have the language, it was just the, the kicking and the screaming and the crying. And so many of us were feeling this sense of like, well, what's going to happen? Is this the world done as we know it? And it just was so overwhelming. And um, one of the things that helps is to speak those things out loud, to share with people that you care about. I'm really fortunate that I built a company that where most of the, the people that work there look like me and that we can have open conversation of like, what is, what is happening? how we're feeling, how we're scared, what, how it specifically affects women that look like me, you know, like in creating safe space for that kind of conversation. We're like, girl, we do not have to work today. Like, let's talk about like, I'm scared. What are we doing? What's happening? You know? And um, so one finding safe space to express, you know, how I'm thinking and feeling that always is helpful um, to giving yourself the chance to not have to, be on you know there's definitely times when I'm like you know I'm super on like I love being teacher Tiffany where I'm like I got you and this and questions and answers and this and other days where I'm like oh my goodness like especially like a day where I feel like I've answered a lot of questions and then someone will write me randomly on social media and say I asked this question to you a week ago and I'm just Mm. like because I don't expect that you're gonna pay me when you ask me a question via social media but sis like I you know I, I don't work for you. And it's, you know, it's from a space of kindness that I'm pouring in. And this is your fifth question. And, you know, I have resources that I've directed you to already where you can get your answers. So that kind of makes you like, you know, there are times like that. And I can honestly say that doesn't happen very often, thankfully. But when it does, sometimes it throws me off because, you know, I'm just like, I give so much and it's still not enough for you. But then I remind myself 
that typically when someone comes with that tone, it's from a place of fear that she's likely terrified. And it's like, I trust you. And I, I, I don't know where else to go. And so instead of just saying that, it's, I asked you a question, how come you're not answering? You know, but what she really is saying is like, honestly, I'm terrified, sis. And I, I honestly don't know anybody else that I can trust. That's not going to make me feel ashamed. That's not going to tell me to go ahead. That's not going to ignore me. So I try to remind myself of that. And also, too, I give myself the space to not have to answer every single question. To not have to, you know, not have to look at every single DM. I give myself the space to say, like, actually on Instagram, I've turned off my messages because my email is there loud and proud on my page. There's a bunch of these. And I'm like, <laughs> if you really, really, really like, you know, if you really have a question there, there is a way to, to reach out. And I have a team now that ha- helps to answer. Um, and so I've, I've allowed myself to turn off certain inboxes so I'm not flooded on every side. I've also learned that balance is a lie, that I look for harmony <laughs> instead. You know, so balance is like holding all things in equal measure at all times. That's not possible. I'm like right now, I'm not being a wife. I'm being the budget needs to right here. You know, my husband was in here right before we were talking. I was like, okay, okay. And he came out, I was like, I got to go close the door. So now I'm budget Nista. So if I was balanced, I would be equal parts wife, equal parts sister, equal parts daughter. No, but I believe in harmony. So harmony is when all of these things work together for the greatest good. Right, work together for the beauty of your life. When you think, when you hear harmonizing, the altos might be a little stronger in this part, and the sopranos are, are more quiet here. But then here comes the baritones, and it comes together for this beautiful symphony that is your life. So when this is done, I turn up Vajanista and I will turn up wife. I will turn up step stepmother. I will turn up sister. You know, I will turn up friend. And so that's what's helped. But but ultimately, what's truly how I truly go from going crazy to is asking for help. 2020, I got my very first coach. Um, I got a, um, a business coach because I was just like so overwhelmed. But I also got a personal coach. And what I love about my personal coach is she's also a therapist. And it has helped so much. I, 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 I'm not a stranger to therapy. I went through a lot of trauma in college and I had a therapist throughout and that really helped. And then I don't, I wasn't, I don't know why I didn't think about getting a therapist. Oh, that's not true. It's, I did think about it, but I couldn't, I didn't know where, where was I going to find? Cause I wanted a black woman. And I honestly didn't know how does one find a therapist as an adult? Because I knew had to find one in, on campus because they told you like on campus, here's the therapy, here's the center where the therapist are. So I just walked in was like, ah, I need to talk to somebody. But as an adult, I didn't know how to find one and I didn't put the extra effort and energy. And then I, I have a podcast called Brown Ambition. I share like, I need a therapist. I would love a sister. And then people emailed me and I was like, oh, just asking for help, putting it out there to the universe and the universe responds. And so that's how I was able to find my um, my coach slash uh, therapist. And she's amazing. And so that has helped me to also realign and to see some of the reasons why when I'm feeling um, um, off kilter or when I'm feeling drained or when I'm feeling um, unhappy, you know, like, you know, how, how to recenter myself, how it's she, she told me the other day because she knows I work really hard. And she said, you know, now that your book is a New York Times bestseller, I hope that you understand that your magic wand works. And she's basically like, Tiffany, you you work as if that the work doesn't work. It does, sis. You know, you could could ease up. 
You can take your foot off the gas. The car is driving. <laughs> you know, because I'm just like, you know? And so yeah. I needed that. She was like, your magic wand works. And if anything, you might put it down. It, it might recharge. Mm. You know, instead of always, you just out here, just black girl magic all day, all day. You know, she was like, let that thing recharge. <laughs> I'm actually taking, yes. in June and July, I'm actually taking six weeks off. Because she was like, you need a, a time to re- rejuvenate, regenerate, and then also to reconnect with who you are now. And so I, I said all that to say that how I, I stopped from like going crazy and maintaining my sanity is to ask for help, um, to be open to receiving it. Um, I take a nap almost every day because that helps so much. Mm. I love a good nap, child. When I tell you, like when, especially when I'm like high, like freak, you know, I'm like, okay, we, we just need to mellow out. I don't care if it's 20 minutes, Tiffany. Busa, um, some um, like my niece and my nephew. They, I have two nieces, but um, my niece and nephew, um, they live down the street, and so sometimes it's just twenty minutes of going to the house because with, they're four and five, and so they're at that age where when you play with them, everything else disappears because there's no room for anything else, and so they bring their an instant pick me up, instant joy. Mm. I have um, so you know, I have locks like you and my niece <laughs> Amelia. When I went, I went to go see them yesterday. She had like little twists in the front and she said, so as I mentioned, my um, African name is um, Adochi and uh, my sisters call me Udo. And so she said, look, I have Auntie Udo hair. She asked specifically oh. for my sister to make her hair like mine. And I was oh. like, I mean, how can you not be like, you know, it could be a hard day. Oh. And you're like, Amelia has Auntie Udo hair, you know? <laughs> so, I love yeah. that. Yeah, those, those are my, like, I have, like, you know, and, and I feel like you have to have a toolbox because it doesn't always work. So you're like, okay, go see the kids. Still feeling crazy. Okay, go, you know, I see, doc, talk to Dr. Joy, talk to Dr. Green this, um, this Friday, feeling a little better. Okay, taking a nap. So I have my toolbox of things. Listen to Indie Irie. That's like a nice zen, uh, like, space for me while I'll just lay, you know, go to the park. Like, today I went for an hour-long walk because um, I really love nature, you know, and I'm like, Go for your walk, Tiffany. Look at the beautiful flowers, you know, like, and, you know, those are things in my toolbox um, that I use. And, and most times they work. And sometimes it's just a matter of like, it has to just pass on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like I've tried off everything in my toolbox and I'm just like, well, you need a moment to lose and allow it to pass on its own. I love that. And we got a little love bank and get loved up. You got to pour into your love. love bank. So you got time with kids, time in nature, time mm-hmm. with Indy Irie. My faith. I love listening to album after album yes. of Indy Irie. And I, when you have that, and, and it's so important, I'm glad you're sharing because people need to, it takes a lot. And like you said, it might not just do it. The first mm-hmm. thing you might do one of the things and it, you might need a little bit more. You might need to pour, you might need to take two months off. A yes. week off. And so I think it's really important, especially for high functioning, high achievers yes. like yourself, for people to hear like, look, it's not just okay to just do one thing or, and, and feel like, oh, you got a massage and think the world is going to be no. right or think that you're going to be filled up after you've been pouring for an entire week and yes. working overtime. You can't always just think within a weekend you're going to become harmonized, like you mm-hmm. said. And I love that. I use balance and I use harmony. No matter what you say, like it's going to take a lot of pouring and filling yourself mm-hmm. up 
if you want to constantly give out. And I love that you're just like, look, I need to be poured into. I need to love. I'm loving that you got a coach and, you know, that's a that's a therapist. That's like yes. a blessing. That's like yes. a double blessing. And a sister. <laughs> so it's a triple blessing. <laughs> triple blessing. And that is so important because I will agree that this uh, in this past year, I was my first time having a therapist okay. that was a black woman. And it is a difference. There is a level of understanding mm-hmm. that you just cannot explain and they know how to speak to. Yeah. And I just want to just acknowledge that with you because I have had the biggest breakthroughs. Yes. I mean, I could seriously cry in the last yes. year because I had a black woman as a therapist. Because and she sees you. She knows mm-hmm. that you are being the black superwoman because she knows. And so I wanted someone who there was, you know, we there was a cultural connection where she's like, I understand what society is looking at for you. I understand that you, you feel like you have to do twice as much just to get just to get half as much. So there's just like like it's like I see you, Tiffany. You you know you are my aunt, my sister, my cousin. I I see you, and there's a gentleness that you know oftentimes black women don't get in society that mm-hmm. you get from each other. And so yeah, it was really important to me. I'm just so. It, it just really reminded me like, wow, Tiffany, you don't have to go through this thing alone. What might take you five years by yourself could take you five months with the right therapist or coach or connection. You know, you don't have That's to so go through this thing alone. You know, it's so true. Is that so true? In my book, I talk about your A-team, having your A-team, a mentor, a therapist, a best friend, people that you go process because it's not healthy for anyone to try to go. I mean, we're not in this world alone, so we're not meant to do it alone. Um, you're also not meant to do it with toxic people. And like you yes. said, sometimes you have to just let all that toxicity go and say, you know what? Because we're used to instant gratification, especially yes. when you talk about social media and online. People are going to ask. I always say people are needy by nature. They're going to ask and ask. And as long as you're giving, they're going to keep asking. Yes. So it's up to us to set those healthy boundaries and say, you yep. know what? Mm-hmm. I did not say boundaries because in my mind, somebody will stop taking eventually. It, it, it never dawned on me that their people would just continue, you know, because that's not how I operate, you know, like where if I feel like, oh, this is enough, Tiffany. You've already, you know, you know, you've already taken more than enough. And, and actually, let's pour right back into, you know, into this person. And so because I operate from that space, I assumed other people. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep giving. Oh, they'll stop. Wait, they're never... They're never gonna stop. There's no more left. And they'll just walk over your fainted body to the next person to suck dry. And so it took me some time. What I am really fortunate is that I'm re- I've been really good at finding people that are not like that, are, that are also givers. Like my best friend Linda is a giver, my other best mm. friend Rihanna and Cabral, they're also super givers. So not just givers, but super givers, you know, and, and my husband is a giver. Because I could have really been, I was this close to marrying, to marrying a taker. And then mm. like, in there, Tiffany was like, girl, run! <laughs> <laughs> I was in my mid-twenties. And so even though the relate, we had like what seemed like the ideal relationship, you know, I knew he loved me. And I was like, this is good. But just something was just like, mm-mm, girl, mm-mm. Mm-mm, girl. And I was just like, no, but this is like, you know, we're right on time. I'm in my twenties. We'll get married, have babies. And so I was like, girl, mm-mm. and mm. you know, it had been my first real relationship. So I didn't know that there was a difference, 
you know? And so I remember when I broke up with him, everyone said I was stupid. Like, girl, that was a good catch. He's a brother, you know? And then I met my husband and said, oh, this is what I realized what was out there, but I didn't know. Like Uh this, like this un, my husband gives him like the purest place. And what I love about him is that not, it's not because it's me, it's because it's him. Mm-hmm. And that's what was missing because my ex-boyfriend, he gave from a place of, because I love you, Tiffany, which is great, mm-hmm. but I wanted somebody that was intrinsically kind. It is, it is about you come like that because when you and I are vexed at each other, then yep. what comes out? You know, when we're not on the same page, then who are you really? So my husband is someone that he is kind across the board. He is kind to the neighbors. Like even right now, he's outside, even though he came home from work and is watering our neighbors for lawn. Oh, he, he is kind. When we used to live, like I used to call it the halfway hood in Newark, where we used to live on Friday, <laughs> we'd buy all the kids pizza. You know, uh, like if, when I first met him, I'm like, this doorbell rings all the time. Ding dong. Is Mr. Drell home? He said he's going to put air in my tire. I'm like, no. Mm. Ding dong. Is Mr. Drell home? He said that you cooked and I could get a plate. I'm like, you can have his plate. Ding <laughs> dong. <"Hey, Mr. laughs> so I used to be like, what? And so that's what really made me love him so much because I thought, wow. So he's a super giver. And I just, and I, I'm, I'm fortunate that the closest people to me are super givers, but I certainly did have like a, a circle of, of takers. And it took me, I'm 41 now. Finally at like 40 is when I cut off my last um, taker. And I'm just surrounded by this core of, of giving and kindness. And so I share that because, you know, you might be thinking like, oh, some people do it at 25. It took me a long time, you know? And honestly, it took the coaching and the therapy for me to even realize why I was allowing that in my life. That how I was replaying relationships I've had since I was a kid and normalizing that this is what friendship looks like. This is what relationships look like. And, you know, once I was able to get help and realize like, oh, I'm just recreating trauma. Okay, I can stop it and say, girl, we don't, you're not eight no more. You, you don't have to operate in that space. You know, yeah. you're safe, girl. You can say no. You know, this mm-hmm. person is not is not able to hurt you, even though maybe their parts of their personality brings back memories of people who could hurt you at eight. But you're not her. You're not eight. You are able to say no. This person is not able to hurt you. You're able to walk away and you'll be OK. And as a result, it's made my life so much better. And then even in business, I've seen it translate to being way more confident, you know, um, stepping into like um, my greatness. I used to be really afraid to assume you know, command of like all the things that I've built. Like, well, you know, you just never know. Anybody could have done it. Well, I just kind of, that's how it, you would never know, but that's how I was operating from my space. Like, well, you know, I just, I, 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 I. and it was like, I couldn't grow past a certain level as a result. And now I'm like, no, no, Tiffany, you did that. You work hard. You built team. You create an amazing culture. You know, you're smart. You know, you, you, you did that. It is okay to own your awesomeness. No, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to step back and shrink. You went from preschool teacher to multi-business owner and eight figures a year in a matter of span of less than 10 years. Girl, mm. it, there's no accident to that. You did that. It's okay. You to did it. that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your magic wand you is working. <laughs> With everything going on in the world, now is a perfect time to pour into yourself. If you've been thinking about joining the wellness community and learning more about your health and wellness and how to improve the well-being of others, then the Get Loved Up Holistic Health and Yoga Teacher Training is for you. We have a variety of offerings from the 100 hour to get a taste of how holistic health and yoga can bless your life and the 200 to 500 hours to deep dive into the study of how meditation, breathwork, yoga, and mindful living can transform your health and the health of our world. Go to koyaweb.com forward slash YTT for more details. I'll see you there. You are absolutely phenomenal. And there's so many nuggets within what you just said, but I think the main one is that's so important is that you teach people how to treat you and you have to kind of like allow your tribe to come around you. And the way you do that is letting the tribe that is not meant for you go. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that can be so hard for a lover or a person that is empathetic and and nurturing and giving. Mm -hmm. But I love that you just kind of called it out. Like I had to surround myself with givers because you're not going to stop giving. I'm the same way. Yes. It's like, no matter who they're like, Koi, you can't do that. I'm like, I can't not be me. Mm-hmm. I've tried it. I don't even like myself. <laughs> you, know? mm-hmm. so you just have to surround yourself yes. by people that are nurturing, just yes. as nurturing as you. They don't have to be the same. But I love, especially when you talk about a partner, because I just realized that, that people can be great people. Yes. But it's one thing for someone to be great to you because of who you are and one, yeah. what they think about you. But it's another thing if they're great to everyone because yes, who they, they are. are. Oh, mm-hmm. You just touched my heart with that one because it is really important when looking for a partner to look at how they are with other people. Mm-hmm. How are they with their family? How are they with, and those are the things I look for. People are like, you're so picky. I was like, I know I might be single for the rest of my life and I'm okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> you know? No, I tell you that this, this is one of my friends told me, um, I was like 34 and I was like, okay, the budget is doing well. Sis is lonely. And she said, um, you know, um, make a list of like what you want in the mate. And I said, okay, I made my list. And she's like a real list, Tiffany, meaning like, you know, because you know, you're like, oh, I want, let's see. You know, you're like, you have 20 things. She's like, meaning like uh, at your core, what is necessary list. And I said, okay, I took off all the physical things. You know, although I was like, yes, I wanted to date a black man. I wanted I wanted him to be handsome. But at the core, there were three core things. I wanted somebody who was intrinsically kind. They, they were kind because they were kind, not because of me. I wanted someone who I had a sureness of love. Like, do you know what it is to feel when you know 100,000% that that person loves you? Like, I wanted that, that like almost the way you know, like your mom loves you. You're like, I know we mad at each other. And I told her, like, don't talk to me that way. But, you know, you're like, oh, well, God, my, my mom loves me. You know, we just mad at the moment, but like, OK. So I wanted that sureness of love. You Typically, you get that with like family. But I'm like, Mm-mm. I want that with my partner. I want that when we were angry at each other and when maybe we're not speaking to each other, whatever, that I still know, despite all that, this person loves me, you know. And then I wanted somebody who I can be my complete self with. Because I, mm. I'm an overworker. I talk a lot. I, um, <laughs> I be looking crazy at home. You know, I wanted someone I could show up as full-fledged Tiffany. And yeah. so I was like, and I remember being like, well, 
what if he's Asian? I'm like, well, if he has all those things, he's Asian. Come on, Asian brother. Let's, let's, you know, let's do that. I'm like, if he's shorter than you. Well, if he's shorter than me, okay. You know, meaning like there were things I wanted, like, you know, I'm a black woman. I wanted a black man and I would like somebody taller and all these other things. But, you know, I told myself, I get those three things. Like if the package is not exactly what I envisioned that these mm-hmm. three things would be more than enough. And I'm fortunate that the package that came in, my husband's really handsome. He's six, six chocolate. I mean, he looks more African <laughs> than I am. He's just regular black, but he's, he just looks more African. I wear his high cheekbones, but my husband is also Mr. Around the way. Grew up in the projects, a little on the hood side, doesn't have a college degree. I make <laughs> way more than him. So it wasn't like my parents were like, yay. They were like, ah, I guess. He doesn't have to, you know? So, you know, but, but honestly, now they're like, I get it. I get it because the, he darn near cost my parents more than I do to check up on them. Mm. You know, like if something is, is broke, I'm like, where, where did you go? Oh, you know, your, your mother asked me to come fix the faucet. I'm like, stay. meanwhile, they live like half an hour away and he'll be there in a minute. Mm. And you know what I mean? They get it now that like, yes, I might have, you know, a, my 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 little halfway hood husband but all the other <laughs> stuff because <laughs> i've got my master's and so you would think like i thought to myself what i'm gonna have me a lawyer a doctor a black doctor and all these things in my mind you know that would have been nice to have but i'm like well what's the need to have and so you know i was fortunate because divine was like we gonna throw in good looking now he, he's gonna be a little hood, but we gonna throw in that good looking. So I'm like, okay, 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 I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> no, but he, like I said, like he's just really like one of the kindest people, and I am fortunate, mm-hmm. and I feel so well loved and so well looked after. You know, um, yeah, I just we're just in such a, a good space. We've been married like three years now, but together for like uh, six or seven years, and it just. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a new, and I knew him even years before that when I used to uh, teach preschool, he was a maintenance man. And I remember mm. distinctly thinking, because we were in our 20s and where I was teaching preschool, it was next to a senior citizens building. And they would always come over and ask for like, do you know who that tall young man is? And I'm like, no. And because he was fixing, even though he didn't even work there, he would come into the apartment and fix their light bulbs, take them food shopping, like at 20 something. That's not the best age for men. You know, 20 something usually, you know, they still working out their foolishness. No, no. (laughs) You know, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, what? This 23 year old is like helping the old people next door. That just Mm. seemed like, you know, it always stuck in my mind. And then when we reconnected, I was like, I wonder if he's still that same guy. And he was. So I just share that with you ladies as you listen. Like I said, I literally make probably 10 times more, you know, um, um, than my husband. But because of what I do, that wasn't on my list. It doesn't mean it shouldn't be on your list. Like you might say, I want someone who makes more than me. That's a huge, like an acute component for you. But for me, I always knew I was going to be a millionaire. And so Mm -hmm. that was not a component that was needed. You know, for me, I was just like, oh girl, I I got that part, you know, like Mm -hmm. with or without him, I will be always be good, you know, mm-hmm. but I wanted this other component. And so for me, I had to create my need to have. And that's what I suggest for people as they are figuring out what they want in a partner. You know, yeah. what is that? You know, they're, you're nice to have. You should still have them in the back of your mind. But what are your true, true intrinsic need to have? And I love that you say that, like how he makes you feel, because just mm-hmm. like you said, 
earlier, it's all about your happiness and how happy you feel. It's not about, you know, all those other things that you ended up letting go and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, those are not as important, even though you still got some of them, you really focus on what are your priorities and what, and having those priorities. So I think that is, I hope y'all are taking notes because (laughs) I know that, that for me, you can see that. And a lot of times it comes out maybe after, you know, those first four or three years of being married, like mm-hmm. when all the superficial stuff kind of fades mm-hmm. or gets old and you realize like, oh my goodness, the core of you is kind of like, not so not great. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I will say the first year, I remember I used to be like, well, when my doctor comes along, I'm out. That's why I used to think I was so terrible. Like, oh, he's nice. He's cute. He's all the things I said I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when that doctor comes along, I'm out. And then I remember mm. one day thinking, like, he did something that was just, like, super kind. And that's said, Tiffany, if you're not going to be with this man, let him be with somebody else. And you can wait for your doctor on your own. Probably, like, the first mm. six months of us dating. And then I thought to myself, I had dated the doctors and the lawyers and this and that. I, I, had, I had dated them. And honestly... <laughs> Not all of them, obviously, but so many of them, it just wasn't what I was looking for. And I realized like, well, girl, are you looking for a doctor or are you looking for a good man? Mm. You know, if they happen to be a doctor, great. You know, but, you know, like, what is that? Because that's anybody can do that. Meaning that even now, like I said, I make more than my husband, but we've since bought um, um, real estate properties. Like, so when I first moved in with him, he paid all of the bills and I was building the budget as he paid all the bills. And so mm-hmm. the budget really blew up. And then I was like, okay, we will live off your salary and then save and invest mine. And one of the investments was real estate. And now he's building his real estate business. So you see, like some women might say like, well, uh-uh, I need my man to at least make, that's a part, we can get to that. I can't teach you to be, teach you to be kind. I can't mm-hmm. teach you to be gentle. I can't, you know, like that, like, you know, within a couple of years, it's like, okay, well, we live off mine, live off yours, save mine. And, and now within two years, your business will be making, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars a year. But that is something that we can create. But like the parts that I, I cannot, I don't have any agency over. That's what you need to bring to the table already. And so I think if enough people thought that way, you know, because he's also like a really amazing father. So we, he, um, um, I have a bonus daughter. She's 14. And to see how he parents, I'm always like, because I grew up in a really strict household. So sometimes, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'd be like, ooh, she about to get it. <laughs> no. And he's like, no, share your feelings. Express how you feel. If you're angry, let me know. So what happened? I'm like, wait, what? In mm. the beginning, I used to be like, mm, you soft. And I'm like, now I feel like ashamed of myself because I'm like, no, Tiffany, this is good parenting. Yeah. You know, this is good parenting. His, Alyssa has a, 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 a open and free space to express herself where she feels safe and heard, you know? And as a result, she's a straight A student, respectful, kind. And I'm just like, oh, wait, you ain't got to beat your kids down? <laughs> in order to like, because you know, that's what we've been taught, especially our culture, you know, like that, yeah. like, you know, kids have got to be almost threatened into compliance yes. and to see that that's not how he navigates at all. I was like, wow. And I was telling him, you're an amazing father. And he didn't have his father in his life. So the, to, to be able mm. to pull from a place that you did not receive. Mm. You know? And he always says, I'm like, I always ask him, like, how come you never spanked Alyssa? And he was like, um, I'm too big. 
you know, and like, <laughs> I told you he's six, six, but really he just said, I just don't think it like, like to what end? I don't want my daughter to be afraid of me. He said, I also don't want to teach her that it's okay for someone who says they love you to hurt you. Mm. You know, he was like, cause what am I teaching her? That like, mm. I love you. So I hit you. So the next person that loves you, if they hit you, it's okay, but it's not okay. Like, what am mm. I really saying? And I was just like, Wow, because here I used to be like, get her. My head, I'm like, oh, she's talking cute. Get her. And I'm like, you have a conversation. Because that's how I grew up. Like, oh, you know, you you run your mouth. Okay. Spanking time. And I'm like, there's no, there's no spanking time? I used to, no, honestly, I really, and even like, we weren't even allowed to go in the refrigerator. I remember the first time I saw her go in the fridge, I said, oh, no, no, baby, you can't. Because, you know, it's so strict in black households. You can't go in the fridge. You'd be like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I just... I grew up just, you know, being told that you ain't buy no groceries. So you can't go in the fridge whatever you want. And I was just like, well, we don't do that here. It was, it was like a lot of unlearning that I had yeah. to do. And so, but just to see like, wow, like what, you know, um, I, she doesn't even realize how fortunate she is to have a father, mm. you know, um, oh, yeah. like him. And so that also made me say, okay, he will make a good father to my children. You know, mm-hmm. because like, look at how he navigates. And even though um, her mother and he, they're not together, look at how, like she's here now. We have her usually two or three weeks out of the, the month. And then we switch off two, three weeks on, you know, that like he is an active, even when she's not here, he still is an active father. Like, cause we live in the same town. Like, I'm going to go pick her up. I'm going to take her to lunch. I'm going to, you know, I remember um, um, every year for Valentine's Day, he would come to the school with like balloons and a teddy bear. And, and then oh, she would always come downstairs like, oh, daddy, I told you don't do this. And, Aww. you know, like all like embarrassed. And then one year he was like, you know, I'm not going to embarrass her this year because I know every year she hates when I do it. So she didn't. And then she called me crying like, daddy didn't go to the school today. <laughs> because, I mean, it was quote unquote embarrassing, but she loved it, you know? Yes. And I was like, boy, if you don't get down to the school and get that girl mm-hmm. and her teddy bears and, and roses. And he was just, I thought she hated it. I'm like, she just doing that for her friends to be like, oh, my dad, it's so embarrassing. But no, <laughs> <laughs> but I just share all that to say that, like, I think so many of us are waiting for, I don't know, like, um, that the, 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 the mate that you're looking for is out there. There are a, a, and just so many amazing people, but to be open that the package might look a little different. It might sound a little different. It might live in a different country, a different state, you know? Um, but if you are clear about your, your core desirables, then, you know, you can really have something like awesome and amazing. Like I said, I, I have, an amazing, amazing, I mean, it's not perfect. You know, I'm not going to pretend like, oh, everything's like, no, no, no. I mean, we, we have like pineapples is our word. Like when we're about to, we've learned each other. Or like if we're about to get into a fight, I'm, I'm like, pineapples. Cause it means like, all right, let's de-escalate. I'm going to go upstairs. You go go downstairs and we go, woosah. Because we're all on the same team. We're wearing, we're in the same jersey. So we've even learned how to negotiate. Like we rarely argue because in the beginning we used to all the time, but we realized like, what are we doing? We're literally on the same team, you know, right. like, you know, so how do we, how do we um, circumvent? Cause I, I hate the blowing up and then having to apologize. I'm like, well, let's just not. And we see it's getting there. It's like, let's just diffuse and woosah and then talk about it later. So we have like code words to help with that. Like, all right, pineapples, you, you threat. You, and then if you don't, like, oh, you not respect the pineapples? That's what we're doing? It's like, oh, okay, pineapples it is. I'm like, okay, 
Because pineapples, like I said, you know? I love so. that pineapple. Yeah, I love pineapple. Yeah. But no, I love that you said just, you know, especially with the child, um, with children, I think that's mm-hmm. really important because I got popped. I got yes. whoopings when I grew up in it, and it definitely was traumatizing yeah. for me. And a lot of people don't know how traumatizing. Yes. And like you said, if someone's never experienced it, you don't know. I mean, it is such a blessing. Yes. Because like you said, it does, it does infuse fear and it does limit expression. Exactly what we want um, children to do is just express and we don't know how you feel. And so if you're not used to sharing how you feel, then when do you, when do you practice it? You know, if you can't practice it with your parents, then where do you practice it? So I think that is so powerful. I'm so glad you shared that story because I think it's something that we should all think about, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're in relationships, like, are you allowing your children, your partner, whoever to express themselves? Because if someone's not expressing themselves, Mm -hmm. then are they even being themselves? They're not. And so many of us are struggling now because of that. Because we have been taught to be quiet, stay in the child's yep. place, you know, like, you know, this is grown folks business or um, shut up, you know. And so I know a lot of what I struggle with as an adult with allowing people in my life to like kind of, you know, enforce that on me is because that was learned behavior. Well, that's normal, you yeah. know, like to, for someone of authority to tell me, even if the authority is a peer, you know, yeah. And so like, I used to literally call, I had a specific type of friend that I would call a bully friend. And I couldn't understand, I would have a friend, but she would kind of bully me. You know, mm-hmm. like I can remember my bully friend's name from second grade, middle school, elementary school, high school, college, even as a dog. I said, well, and my friends would always be like, well, why you let her talk to you that way? I'm like, you know how she is. They're like, no, she don't talk to me like that. And I'm like, yeah, she just be playing. I'm like, but no, it was this person I had allowed to bully me. And I thought to myself, because it's a place of friendship, because I'd learned that that type of relationship where someone can care for you, but also kind of mistreat you was normal. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, you know, it's just no. And sometimes when, you know, you bring it to people's attention, they're like, oh, that was not their intention. And then they correct. And then sometimes they're like, people are like, no, I want to continue to bully you. And then you cut them out. You know, Mm -hmm. and so, but those were lessons I realized I had taken with me from childhood, like, girl, like, you know, it was like, you know, that kind of energy where this person loves you, but also, you know, is bearing down on you. It's like, that's normal. And I had to like re almost like reparent myself. Like I, like I said, honestly, my parents were, they were great and they did the best that they knew how, because that's how they were raised. It's hard to stop the cycle if that's all you know, you know, And so if I had not seen the way my husband parents, I might be like, oh, I'm just going to continue. And I'm like, oh, there's a different way. And the child ends up happier. And mm-hmm. like, like when like the way, like, so my stepdaughter is super, super chocolate. And I was really self-conscious about my skin color mm-hmm. when I was her age. I didn't think it was attractive. I thought it was like, you know, um, um, ugly to be dark. You know, you can't sell her nothing. She's like, oh, girl, hashtag like on her on her IG. She's hashtag pretty girl gang. And I the fact that she feels that way about herself and she's choking to it. The fact that she feels that way about herself. I'm just like, I, I would could have never 
And but it's it's because of that, you know, you receive this unconditional love, this reminder that mm-hmm. you as you are is as you ought to be. I just think like if so many of us were raised like that, I just imagine where we would be. Imagine yeah. how we wouldn't have to unlearn so many of the things that we you know we've accepted. And and the truth is it, it's not just, you know, your personal interpersonal life, it's also your your finances too. So many of us navigate, we overspend because we don't feel good enough. We don't spend it all because we don't feel good enough, you know, filling this hole, you know, because we feel like, you know, I didn't get that, you know, seeking attention with what we think money can do and buy. So it spreads to so many parts of your of your life when you are um, not in alignment and not 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 well with yourself, you know. And so I just think that people think that what I teach is money, but it's really not. I mean, it is on a, on a surface, but what I'm really wanting is for everyone to live what I call a richer life, like mm. a holistically better life. And I just use money as like the dangling carrot as a tool, because I know it's the thing that people are like, oh, I want to learn. I'm like, yes, come on in. Now let's talk about how we can make your whole life better. <laughs> right. Is, no, for real. This is one of the tools that you can use. But ultimately, what, what I'm really wanting is for people to live a happy, joyful, holistic life and not to use money as the reason why you can't do so. Mm, I love that. And I love that. And I love, you know, with your daughter, you know, how important it is to have that self-love and mm-hmm. body positivity. I think that's something that's so rare, especially mm-hmm. within our generation, yes. uh, because you and I are around the same age. It's just like, we didn't have that. It mm-hmm. was always like, I'm not good enough. My skin's not light enough. My hair is not straight enough. Mm-hmm. Whereas I love that the generations now are more body positive. And even yeah. though they still have struggles, there's still comparison. There's still, you know, ads and things like that and filters. Oh my goodness. But I do think there is a lot of talk that we didn't have then about self-love and body positivity mm-hmm. that is allowing them to at least make a choice. Like, oh, okay, I can jump on the body positive camp mm-hmm. or I can just not like myself. So whereas I feel like when we were growing up, it was less spoken about and it was yeah. less available for us as an option. And so we just did what everyone else did, you know, talked about ourselves and tried to be different. And, you know, so I, I really love, I love that you're sharing that because I feel, feel like people listen can definitely relate to, and we all can relate to not feeling the best about ourselves, no matter what size you are, yes. no matter what you look like, we always look at something outside of us and say, oh, well, what if it was like this? Yes. And it's okay. I feel like it's okay to have those thoughts, but just to always know, you know what? I am perfect, whole and complete as I am, which yes. uh, that's what I feel like you're saying. Like, no matter what, it's beautiful to see someone else, even see your daughter say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what you think about me or whatever anyone else thinks about me, yes. I love myself. And mm-hmm. that, that, in and of itself is inspiring to adults and, you know, I'm sure her peers alike. Yes. I used to always tease. I'm like, I want to be, I want to be here when I grow up. So I can yes. remember her being when she was like six or seven and she, she called me uh, when she was a little tiffy. Tiffy, I'm like, what? She's like, I, I think I understand why everybody wants to be my friend at school. And I was like, first of all, the thought, the thought that she thinks that everyone's trying to be her friend at school. And I was like, why? She said, I'm so daggone cute. And I just like I like I said, she's got like me, the kinkiest of 4C hair, the most chocolate of chocolatey skin. And I just remember thinking to myself, I never thought that about. I just barely got into that mode now at 40, you know. Mm. And so I just was like, wow, here you are at six. 
at seven, you know, thinking that. I said, that might be it. And she was like, I think it is. I'm like, <laughs> which I thought, but it I just, is. you know, and I, but I love that because I didn't have that. And, you know, and if, um, and I, I always worried that it was going to go away as she got older, but no, it's still here. <laughs> it's still here. That's good. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it, it, parenting also helps. Like yes. when a parent isn't ridiculing you because of how you look or telling you, you know, you got to be in this pageant, you got to straighten yes. your hair, you got to look this way, you got to be a certain size. Mm-hmm. It really does um, remove, even if you see it outside of yourself, yes. you know, that home, what you feel at home is that's the core mm-hmm. that you're really leaning from. And even if you get away from it, you will come back to it. So I love, 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 love that. And thank, thank you. you for sharing so so freely your your um, personal life because I think that's just important as as finances. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we'll get into finances and entrepreneurship, and I really want to talk about because I know you said you know you had some trauma um, in your younger days, and a mm-hmm. lot of people, a lot of us, you know. Um, you know, most of us, especially as Black women, experience trauma, and a lot of times that trauma halts us mm-hmm. and halts us from feeling like we can be successful. What was it that helped you get through that time to where you are today? So um, probably my biggest financial trauma happened between ages 25 and 29. I, I went from being debt-free, I graduated college, to starting to accumulate more debt than I could manage. I bought a condo when I was 25. I graduated with my master's when I was 26. I, and I was, the condo was $220,000. My master's was $52,000. Then a friend of mine who said he was going to teach me how to invest instead got me mixed up in a credit card scam that left me $35,000 in debt. And then I lost my job. So it was like debt, 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 debt. It's like duck, 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 goose. <laughs> and oh, no. I just remember being... Um, just so overwhelmed. And I, the biggest part was I felt foolish. And I, for the first time, I felt inundated with shame around my money. And I'd never, I didn't grow up with shame around money. My, my parents taught us money from a non-judgmental place. My father was a CFO and an accountant. And my mom, um, she, in, in raising five girls, she would take us places and say, and this is how you negotiate. And this is why I buy this from here. And so we didn't have like shame around money. Um, it was very proactive. I felt like, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I'm able to take care of myself. But then all of that was gone because of that mistake. And what helped me flip the switch is that I was hiding from all of my friends because I didn't want to admit I had made, I, like, because I, I was always a friend that was good with money. So all of a sudden, the part of my identity that I really connected with was gone. It was like, well, who am I if I'm not Tiffany good with money? And my friend, my best friend, Linda, had been calling me for some months and I'd been avoiding her. She finally got me on the phone and was like, girl, where have you been? And I was going to pretend that everything was fine. And she heard the crack in my voice and she was like, no, what's wrong for real? And I just started crying and told her, I lost everything. I don't have a job. I moved back home with my parents, even though I'm 29, going on 30. And, you know, I just told her everything. I got that scam. It's $35,000. I don't have it. And then she was like, is that it? I was like, what? And she started laughing. She was like, girl, I'm talking to you from my mother's couch right now. <laughs> She's like, mm. so many of us move back home. Boo-hoo. Credit card debt. Hello, we're in our 20s. I don't know that anybody doesn't have credit card debt. And she's like, student loan debt, another ding, ding, ding. Welcome to, you know, your 20s. And she normalized what I thought was the worst thing in the world. I thought like, 
you're the dumbest person alive. Like, look what you've done. Like, this is how I was talking to myself. I was mentally abusing myself. And Linda came in and like, basically, like if, if, my, if my mental abuse was a hand, she stopped me from hitting myself, was like, girl, stop. You're, you're hitting yourself for something that so many of us are experiencing. And what she did was she gave me the permission that I needed to forgive myself. And in so forgiving myself, release the shame. Because mm-hmm. like, Koya, shame is like, it's literally one of the worst emotions. It is a liar and a thief. Shame yes. steals joy from you. Shame says not, hey, Koya, you made a mistake, girl. Shame says you are a mistake, girl. You the mistake. Mm. And you're like, wait, what? You know, and shame shields solutions. It's like, yeah, you're not going, uh-uh. Because shame wants you to stay low. It wants you to stay locked out. It wants you to stay away from, um, from anyone that might teach it otherwise. And so it's a really, really dangerous um, emotion. And so with Linda saying, shame for what? Me too. I was like, really? And such and such too. And this person and that person. Then shame was like, ah, dang. She realized that she's not alone, you know, because shame loves for you to be alone. And so once I saw that, I was like, okay, I could see like, well, Tiffany, you grew up in a household where these solutions were taught to you. So why not just pick them back up? And, and start working toward your, 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 the things that you know how to do. Like, let's start budgeting again and saving again. And as I worked my way through, I started to help my friends and then friends of friends. And the Budget Nista was, was born, you know, from a space of wanting to, to, to really create a safe space, especially for women who are, were struggling through their journey to not have to do so alone and not have to struggle really to be like, girl, I beat down this path. So you had a safe way to walk. And so that's why I started the budget Nista. That's why I wrote get good with money because I wanted to have a clear path to what I call financial wholeness. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Let's talk about get good with money. Like what do you actually share with people in your book? And what do you feel like are like the biggest takeaways? So really the, the core takeaway for Get Good With Money is the subtitle, 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. And financial wholeness is really the foundation for the rest of your financial life. That's what it is. It's these 10 blocks that build the foundation. So it's budgeting, savings, debt, credit, learning to earn. It's investing, insurance, net worth, financial professionals, and estate planning. Those are your building blocks. It is the foundation for the rest of your financial life. That is when you read Get Good With Money, I take your hand and say, let's go, girl. First things first, we start with mindset in the book. And then I lead you down the path to budget, then savings, then debt, then credit, then learning to earn. So I walk you down the path. Now, there are some sisters that are going to read the book that's like, I actually got that stuff. So you can, you can skip directly to... Um, the investing chapter, directly to the insurance chapter. I wrote it in a way that you can follow it through all the way, or you can stick to the chapters that really move you. And so mm. I wrote it because I, I wanted to leave a legacy behind of like the way to get here. Just I now am, I don't have to work anymore if I don't want to. My husband and I are legitimately millionaires, even though, you know, I'm, this is my Target t-shirt. <laughs> but... but Um, but I wanted that if I wanted that when I'm no longer here, that I left a guidebook to how I was able to do so, because it's not as hard as you think. 
it's step by step by step. I pulled out all of the tools I used to use teaching preschool to, to, to teach you in such a way that really holds your hand all the way through. What I love most, Corey, is that like I'll go on Amazon and look at the reviews and it's the same. It's like, this was the easiest book I ever read. You would never, money. Tiffany sounds like your homegirl talking to you about money and walking you through step by step. There's no judgment in this book. It felt like my friend was talking to me. I love the way it's laid out because I could, like, there's homework in the book. There are resources. I mean, like, literally, I used to be a teacher and I wrote it as if it was going to be a lesson plan. So I could really walk you through step by step. I want that by the end of the semester, you have 100% in financial wholeness. And so, yeah, that's why I wrote the book. I, I really wrote it for the Tiffany that was who needed, you know, guidance. And the Tiffany that is, is able to provide it for not just her, but for other women. That's beautiful. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to for everyone listening to check out the book. And I'm really excited because I help wellness entrepreneurs go to the next level. And I feel like these books that really break down just easily how you set yourself up financially, I feel like it's very much needed. Mm -hmm. And especially from a Black woman perspective. And I think that's important um, for everyone, no matter who you are. I feel like learning from different people is the key to understanding fully how the world works. And I, and I say that because I remember coming from Tennessee, you know, they're just white and black, but really going to California and just understanding how different cultures even have different perspectives on money and how mm -hmm. they budget and save and finding that right fit for you, I think is powerful. But what I love about you specifically and how you break it down is like you said, it's so easy and if you make it fun and I think for anyone who thinks like oh I don't like money I don't like talking about it Tiff is your girl okay <laughs> she makes it so fun and it's like no like sis you just you know and it's, it's just so practical and so thank you so much for bringing your heart and your soul and putting it into a book and putting it into finances and making finances fun because you really do um, make finances fun. No, thank you. Honestly, I, I just feel like teaching truly is my calling. It is mm -hmm. the divine gift that I was blessed with. And I, but I do believe that with every blessing, there's excess and you were supposed to give from that excess, you know? Yes. And so I do like for the, all this excess that I have, I'm like, okay, how can I pour into others so that they can have as well? So no, I'm, I'm grateful for being seen and recognized for that. And I just want to continue the good work, you know, cause you know, I'm like, I want to help every woman, one, one wallet, one bank account, one purse at a time. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, at the end, I love to have a little lightning round okay. and it's just going to ask you, let people get to know you better and ask you some of your favorite things. So what is your, I know you mentioned Conversations with God, which is also one of my favorite books. And I, if y'all haven't read that Conversations with God is a really great book, but what is a favorite, what is your favorite book you've read in the last year? Um, I'm reading this book again, but it's called, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Mm -hmm. So I love that book. It is, um, if you like The Alchemist, which is one of my favorite books, uh, but I have not read that again in the last year. The Alchemist is this awesome book. That kind of tells a story, a coming of age story that makes you rethink the way you think about your dreams. Jonathan mm -hmm. Livingston Stiegel, it's like literally like an hour read, super quick, but it is 
it just makes you realize that what, what is required if you are looking to be a champion. Like I was, I was on live last night and I was like, ain't no chilling champions. You know, like what's required of you. It's just a beautifully written book. I suggest it to anyone. Jonathan Livingston Siegel. I love it. Awesome. And what has been your favorite podcast? My favorite, aside from my podcast, Brown Ambition. Yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> like, um, I love Demetria L. Lucas, Ratchet and Respectable, because that is so me. I am respectable, but I'm ratchet yes. too. <laughs> I love it. I haven't listened to that, so I'm putting it on my list. Thank yes. you. <laughs> okay. And then if you were to wake up and the, you could change the world and be Tiffany's world, what would it look like? Oh, I love this. If I were to wake up and it be Tiffany's world, um, you wouldn't have to worry about food. You wouldn't have to worry about your safety. You wouldn't have to worry about um, where you were going to live and that you could literally choose whatever you, you had to contribute in some way, but you got to decide what that contribution would look like and knowing that you would be provided for either way. I know some people say that's socialism. I'm like, whatever. You ask me what Tiffany's world looks like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Um, because it's just so crazy to me that human beings got to create whatever world we wanted. And this is what we came up with. Mm. Pollution, death, destruction, racism, sexism, you know, like. And so, um, yeah, it would just be a world where people got to really live in joy, you know, um, in a world where people could be safe and, and had the ability to, to fully live, fully realized lives. Mm. I love that. And I love Tiffany's world. So <laughs> hopefully everything you're doing, I know everything you're doing now is part of creating that world. So thank you so much for your knowledge, your expertise, your authentic sharing. I think that's also what really helps people realize that they're not alone um, in their feelings and their struggles and, you know, trying to get it right. Just feeling like maybe I'm still getting it wrong and knowing that it's just, it's a journey. And Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for, for sharing your journey with us. Can you let everyone know, where to find you and where they can order your book. Sure. I am the budget Nista and all the things. So on TikTok, although I don't TikTok much, but Alyssa is trying to teach me um, on Instagram, <laughs> on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Um, and my book is available at the title name, get good with money.com. Oh, and it's a, it's a, it's a New York times bestseller. I don't even, it's so crazy to me, five weeks on the list. So, you know, we're, we're hoping for six and seven and eight and nine and 10, but yeah. Yes. Well, hopefully we can make that happen. We're going to keep going out and y'all go out, grab a copy of our book. Let us know your biggest takeaway from this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely leave a review because those reviews help us do what we do. So help Tiffany out. Um, getting her book, writing a review, go ahead and leave a review for this podcast if you love it and just tag us. Tell us your biggest takeaways because knowing how you feel helps us serve you better. She mm-hmm. and I are both servant leaders. We love to serve. So yes. thank you so much, Tiffany. It was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And y'all, until next time, Get loved up, love yourself, love others, and love the world one day at a time, one breath at a time. Peace and love.
I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being part of the Get Loved Up community. I like to share topics and people making a positive impact in the world, and your feedback means the world to me. If you haven't already left a review, please leave a five-star review and let me know what you want to hear more of on the show. I'm here for you, and together, we're making the world a better place, one day at a time, one show at a time. Thank you for listening.